had about 50 or 60 people come in with uh, quote COVID symptoms. Uh, about half of them tested positive, the other half did not. The ultraviolet cleared up all of them, um, just like it has every other flu or flu like syndrome. So, UVIV. Isn't that something? So, t- tell me about it. When, when did you first come across UVIV? So it was uh, about 1996, and I was getting tired of doing anesthesiology. And I went to a seminar on how to set up a holistic office. And I got some flu or viral pneumonia there at the seminar. And uh, they put me way in the back of the room because I was coughing up this ugly stuff and had fever and chills and they were going to demo the ultraviolet at some point during the seminar to show all the holistic wannabe doctors how it worked and so they said let's use it on this poor guy you know he looks pretty bad um and so they did this ultraviolet iv clive and I'd had pneumonia before, and it took 30 days of antibiotics before I felt like I could be normal again. I was better in nine minutes. It it stunned everybody in the room. And I got to feel it inside my own body, which is about the only way I believe things anymore. Um, And I thought, oh, my gosh, what is this? And soon as I opened the holistic office, I bought one of those and we did it on everybody. Um, I've been doing them for 25 years now. And any negative effects or all positive? So there's never been any serious side effects. Sometimes people do get such a stimulation of their healing reaction that they can feel more symptoms for a short period of time and then they're done with it Uh, most people get a better feeling during the iv it's amazing how fast it can be Um, it's also good for chronic things but since i've had my permit to practice medicine revoked and don't have a staff i don't really do chronic treatments anymore and I refer them to friends here in town who have nurses who do IVs all day and people can get several of them a week for a few weeks and a lot of times chronic conditions heal. So what sort of chronic conditions are we talking about? Anything to do with any pathogen whatsoever? And you'd be surprised it's anything to do with anything. Basically, one of the properties of the ultraviolet light, and I'll I'll say it in a way so that people will know I've been to school. Uh, it uh, it shifts the two three DPG curve to the right, uh, and basically what that means is it releases more oxygen into the person's tissues. Okay, well that's very interesting. So. 
releases it how what's the mechanism that does that so there's a mechanism inside the red blood cells how tightly it's going to hold oxygen and carbon dioxide and when it's going to release them so when it goes through the lungs and it wants to release carbon dioxide and grab oxygen there's a different ph environment that favors one over the other so that the red blood cell lets go of its carbon dioxide and grabs oxygen then when it goes down into the tissues which are a bit more acidic it will release more oxygen and grab up more co2 something like that and this dpg this diphosphoglycerate is part of that mechanism and this ultraviolet shifts that mechanism so that more oxygen is released into the person's pancreas. If they have diabetes, the pancreas is going to behave better. More oxygen is released into the heart. So if they have angina or heart trouble, they're going to have less of that. Um, more oxygen is released in the brain. So if a person has problems with uh, memory, they're going to get improvement there. Um, skin issues are huge. Uh, psoriasis is actually an FDA indicated use uh, for ultraviolet, although they apply it topically. There's a kind of lymphoma that's FDA approved for IV even. It's been around since the 1920s, actually, Clive. Um, it was demonstrated in 1942 that it reversed polio. So is there a huge conspiracy behind the reason it's not taught or has it somehow just got sidelined like quite one or two other technologies? Yes. So what, what happened there in the 40s when this was discovered is that we also had a little war going on, uh, World War II, and antibiotics had come out and soldiers who were getting infections needed something quick and easy so antibiotics were definitely easier to use than carrying an ultraviolet light device out into the field so antibiotics really took off and it saved a lot of people's lives and when the war was over there's a strange thing about wars there's a loyalty to anything that saves lives and until that loyalty is addressed there's this subconscious attachment to repeating the same thing that saved lives in the past even though the situation has changed it's a bit like the aspirin story in world war one isn't it yes yes so was it ever taught in medical school prior no. to no. no we never heard anything about um anything natural I'll, I'll tell you this second year med school 1981 we were shown a big photograph on our big screen in the hallowed halls of our medical school university of texas of a paralyzed person in a wheelchair and they said this person walked into the chiropractor's office but had to be wheeled out because he was paralyzed after a neck adjustment 
and the whole room went into murmuring. Uh, most of the people in medical school had never heard of a chiropractor. But we were all saying, whatever they are, we're not going to send anybody there because we can see what happens. Um, wow. Some years later, the chiropractors found out about this and sued and they won. And the medical schools had to stop <laughs> doing that. But that was part of my education. Wow. Wow. Amazing. In the States, for instance, how many people are using UVIV, would you guess? So I know there's the one clinic that I work at in North Austin, um, invisiblecure.com, I believe is Tom Lau's website. And you do not have to be a licensed practitioner to do UV. Um, there are a lot of people who are just doing it I had people buying units when Y2K was happening. People thought they were going to be anthraxed through the mail or some such thing. And uh, people didn't want to be cut off from something that would turn off infection. Um, and during the Corona virus, there was an interest in buying them and people having them in their home because this can be taught to just regular people, honestly, if, if they can start an IV, they can do this. It's completely safe. When I talked about this on Facebook with a friend, such as yourself, he came over and we did a Facebook live. And I showed him this little early device. And this was the one that I used for like 20 years. It's a little Umatron device from Longevity. It's got an ultraviolet A and an ultraviolet C light bulb, the same two that people use to sterilize water so they can be bought at any light bulb store. And then there's a mirror on the top to reflect the light back as the IV tubing goes between these ultraviolet lights. That was taken down from Facebook. It said it did not meet community standards. Um, so we won't talk about that today, will we? We won't talk about how easy it would be to put this together. Um, now, this is a little packet of pre-sterilized IV tubing just for that device. And I'll show you how that works so that your viewers and listeners will get it. So this part is regular IV tubing. But the part that goes between the light bulbs is quartz. And light doesn't go through plastic very well. It won't go through glass very well. But it will go through quartz very well. So this quartz segment fits between these light bulbs. And when you see that there, you can see the little quartz part going between those two light bulbs. And we draw the person's blood out and put it back in. And on both times, that blood goes through the quartz section. And hemoglobin on our blood cells actually grabs light. The grabbing of light 
the attaching to light is actually more important than the attachment to oxygen, strange as that may sound. Chlorophyll that's in our plants that does photosynthesis, photosynthesis outside is the same exact chemical as hemoglobin, which makes our blood cells red. It's cause there's a different mineral in the middle that chlorophyll is green in our plants and it's red in our blood cells. It has iron in the middle in the blood cells, so it's nice and red, but it grabs light. That's why the back of our eyeballs don't have skin. So the blood vessels on the back of the eyeballs get sunlight coming right in onto them. And it's like a miniature version of this ultraviolet device. And according to many folks, if you get the first hour of sunlight or the last hour of sunlight and not looking directly, but just not putting on sunglasses, but if you let it get in your eyes, it has a very healing effect similar to doing this IV. And presumably to a lesser degree, you're getting uh, the sunlight going through the skin it's like yeah. you to your hand. Uh, so we're, we're getting quite a lot of that directly through the skin, I would guess. And personally, uh, a few minutes before sunset or at sunrise, I enjoy sun gazing. I like looking straight at it. Yes, a lot of people benefit from that. I have no experience, so I don't want to say anything. Um, but I believe it's over in Great Britain where the... Uh, the swimsuits that allow ultraviolet to penetrate them uh, are ordered by a lot of the light lovers over here. <laughs> I, I haven't heard of that as a thing. That's interesting. Yeah, so people who live in neighborhoods, I mean, the idea is, is to be as naked as possible in that first or last hour of sunlight. And people who have neighbors, they put on these swimsuits that the ultraviolet actually penetrates. Oh, very interesting. I interviewed a couple of sun-gazing uh, people about 10 years ago or something, and they just had a child, and they claimed that uh, they really basically didn't eat. Occasionally, they might have a fruit juice or a bit of fruit, but generally speaking, no food. And they, when they got pregnant, they were concerned that, you know, is she going to be well enough, have enough nutritional? And she scored better than everybody else in the hospital, Oh after my the, goodness! After the baby was born, and they, you know, it was at a point where it could eat fruit or something, because they didn't eat or hardly at all. It didn't eat or hardly at all, and they said for the first few years they believed it was the sun gazing that had given them this these abilities. Then they said they thought actually no, it wasn't that. It was the fact that they were living on pure joy. Uh, which I, I like that. Interesting. I tried, before I interviewed them, I tried to interview another guy who was a sun gazer, and he was a black London guy. And in photographs, he looked so fit. I mean, it's just unbelievable, unbelievably fit. And so I contacted him and said, look, I'd really like to interview, but he wouldn't wouldn't go for it. Anyway, a few months later... He was happened to be staying with a friend of mine. And I, I said to my friend, yeah, I tried to interview this guy, and he said no. He said, oh, well, um, the thing is, he's very, very angry. 
literally the opposite of these couple living on joy. And I said, well, if he's not eating, what's happening to all his intestines and stuff? And my friend said, well, I, I think they're atrophied. I don't think he could eat again, even if he wanted to. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, joy or anger. Yes. You know. Yes, yes. I like that. I like hearing about the joy. With yourself, you've obviously tried it on yourself. Apart from the pneumonia experience, do you use it from time to time as a general make sure you're healthy thing or any other results that you've had on yourself before we talk about other people? I've mainly just, you know, I don't like sticking myself, honestly. And I don't like doing IVs. uh, So... I learned how to do some oral things to get myself out of a jam. Um, so I reserve it for when my oral regimen doesn't work very well. <laughs> and then, okay, it's time to do the IV. I'm a type one diabetic and you mentioned diabetes. Is that something that I might benefit from? Oh yeah. It, you know, it, I've had so many eye-opening experiences here. So one of them, and you'll be able to see this on Instagram, anybody that wants to look who's on Instagram. I may put it on something else too, but uh, there's a young boy with type 1 diabetes. And if he came every two weeks and got an ultraviolet IV, his sugar was good. Um if he went any further than that, uh, it would go out of regulation again. And it was a wealthy family. So they had done all the stem cells and exosomes and everything that was available to them. And the only thing that consistently worked was the ultraviolet IV. So they purchased the unit and learned how to do it. And they do it on themselves just for feeling good and making their allergies less. Um, so it's a family ritual. So how much blood do you have to extract to go through the machine before you put it back in again? Yeah. So it depends of course on your body size, but for an adult, oh, 200 to 300 would be a good amount. And so, uh, you take it out of a vein on your, your arm and put it back where how does the cycling go yeah so it goes back to that same iv uh, so all you need is one iv stick and then we let we let the saline and a little bit of heparin which is a something to prevent the blood from clotting we let about half that bag run in and then we put the bag on a sterile cloth on the floor and then gravity will cause your blood to run right back out of that vein and go into the bag. Well, as it's on the way to the bag, it goes through the lights. And then when the bag is filled up, we hang it up and give it back to you. And it goes back through the lights a second time. All right. Well, that's simple enough. It's very simple. Why aren't there clinics all over the place? I know that's a really good question, Clive. I mean, the, the miraculous things I've seen, and I'll tell you, in 25 years, I have not seen one person with an acute infection who didn't completely recover. 
Well, that's pretty impressive. It um, impresses me. <laughs> and you haven't been tempted yourself to employ people to set up such a venture? No, you know, the, the thing in 2009 was a bit shocking when I got booted out of the system. So um, it's because of the graciousness of licensed doctors that I know that I'm actually able to have any of the IV tubing and the uh, supplies like the saline IV bags and things like that. So you can't buy that on the open market. You know, it may be possible and I just haven't researched it. Um, this wealthy family seemed to get it, but I'm guessing they got their doctor to order it for them, but I don't know that. And so um, I believe that the machines that are made now are more complex and maybe I'm hesitant to use the word, but ridiculously expensive for what they are. Is that right, do you think? So that there are some more expensive ones. I have uh, one of the expensive ones. I'll, I'll show my level of fitness here. I'll pick it up and show it. It's quite a bit larger than the other. It's made by my friend, Gene Barnett, who honestly, he used to do the light shows for the Rolling Stones and Jefferson Starship. <laughs> so he's been into lights and technology for a while. Um, and you can see this device uh, on the Instagrams, but it's called the Hemolumen device. And it's quite a bit bigger, but it has six wavelengths of light instead of just the two. And each of them do something different in the body. So this is his handout on the visible ones that are in the machine, in addition to the two ultraviolets that are the ones that take care of infection. So we have a red, amber, green, and blue. And there's specific wavelengths for specific effects in the body. So for instance, the red wavelength increases the amount of ATP or energy fuel in the body. It speeds up the mitochondria's production of that. Um, and once we get those other wavelengths in here, there's things like methylene blue. Now, some people order methylene blue as a nootropic, and they take it every day in the morning to help their brain function. Uh, if you have a certain profile of neurotransmitter imbalance, methylene blue is a nice boost in the morning. But one of the main things it does is it increases the amount of red light that our bloodstream and our skin takes up when we get out in the sun or when we do one of these IVs. And it increases ultraviolet a little bit. So when we give the methylene blue first, we often see people get a nice burst of energy from that red light. So a lot of people are using methylene blue. Could you run through some of some of the properties other, other than those you just mentioned and why people are, are keen on it? Yes. So I, I got that out here. Here we go. Now, 
There will be a test on this for your viewers later. This is a, uh, a sheet of uh, commonly used photosensitizers. And so here's one I think you'd, you'll find of, of interest. So back in about 1900, Dr. John Beard discovered that every cancer tumor is a pregnancy. It uses the exact same sequence as the implantation uh, of a trophoblast in a woman's uterus when you and I were conceived and in the womb. One of the one of the caveats for mistletoe, the thing that we know is kissing time for Christmas, uh, mistletoe is actually a good herbal blood pressure reducer. It's probably the strongest, actually, European mistletoe. You don't want to be on prescription medicine. You can take European mistletoe and it'll lower <clears throat> blood pressure as effectively as a pharmaceutical. But one of the caveats is, is you never give it in pregnancy because it can cause miscarriage. So guess what's used IV in cancer clinics in Europe? Mistletoe. Yeah, COVID. So when, when the people give mistletoe intravenously, it can cause a miscarriage of the person's cancer. Now, one of the mechanisms is, is that mistletoe is a very strong photosensitizer for ultraviolet light. So when a person takes mistletoe and goes outside, they're going to get a whole lot more ultraviolet absorption from the sunlight than they would before they took the mistletoe. Oh, very interesting. I think it was it Steiner who first talked about mistletoe. It it may be, Clive. You would know more about that than I, but Yeah, it's it's certainly been around for an awfully long time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, super interesting. And when you know when it comes to light, one of the other big ones that I've heard about recently for cancer is giving like 60 milligrams three times a day of melatonin. Ah, yes. Because, um, you know, tumors only grow in the daytime. They don't grow when it's dark at night because of the melatonin suppressing it. Nice. That's a good tip. I remember hearing something about that at an international cancer conference, and I appreciate you bringing that up for people. And the interesting thing is, you know, a normal dose of melatonin might be one or two or maybe three milligrams to help you sleep, that kind of thing. And people who don't have cancer, if they take much more than that, they can feel really groggy and get side effects and so on. But if somebody's got cancer, they can take these incredibly large amounts without any of the side effects because their body's using it. Mm, nice. So, Very nice. Yeah. Um, just going back to the the methylene blue, um, they put it in fish tanks to keep the parasites at bay, don't they? And uh, I did not know that one either. Uh, Very nice. Um, I was going to ask whether you thought it was having an antiparasitic effect on the body as well. 
Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. So, and one of the other things I'll mention for people out there who may uh, have a bit of sadness, uh, may live with less sunlight than they want, apparently it's the amber wavelength of sunlight that elevates mood. And two of the big photosensitizers are curcumin and St. John's wort. So if a person takes those things, they'll absorb more amber wavelengths from the sunlight than they otherwise would. Well, that's interesting. That's very interesting. And can one get an amber bulb of those frequencies that could be any use? Yes. So there's something about light. And, uh, you know, when I... When I went to this class back in the 90s, good old Dietrich Klinghart talking about the five levels of healing, he was so good at organizing information. And he told us, do something on each of the four levels. So there's a way, of course, that that light is level one down here on the physical level. But I think one of the reasons that it works on the other levels is that whenever you and I do something, whenever anybody does something, my subconscious brain and the programming that I inherited in the womb and during infancy, there's an instant comparison. When I do an IV, my subconscious instantly compares it to my first IV. And it brings back the memory of my first IV, which is of course that 10 million pounds worth of umbilical cord blood that I got from my mother. That's my first IV. So whenever someone gets an IV, they have an automatic remembering of the generosity of their mother toward them, a memory of all the stem cells and exosomes and growth factors that were in that. And light is the father in biology. So when we mix the IV and the fluid, which your mother, with the light, which is father, and the person is lying back receiving that, it is a replay of a time in their life when marvelous things were happening. Well, very interesting. And I mean, you know, light carries information. Mm -hmm. um, yesterday I interviewed um, Dr. Alfonso Mon Monzo, I don't know if you've come across Alfonso, and he he has vials which he's imprinted information on, you know, Rife style, which he keeps in a box with in a Faraday in, with a Faraday cage, and when he mm -hmm. takes them out, he attaches them to a laser, and he says nothing special about the lasers, regular great laser, and he fires in information, and he got samples of all the different vaccines from every manufacturer and examined them and then put the reverse, the, the reverse frequencies into these vials. 
and he's claiming that it is, and he says he can prove it, uh, knocking out weaponized pathogens that people have been breathing in from the chemtrails or injected. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm going to so, go pull this curtain. That sounds great. And the, uh, the homeopathy is pretty incredible, right? That water will carry this information and do yes. good things. It really is. Somebody point. Somebody said to me the other day, had I thought about this, which I hadn't, that what if the reason for the chemtrails, I mean, there are loads of them, I'm sure they're doing 10 things at once with the chemtrails, but one of them is to block out incoming information that they don't want us to receive. Oh, my goodness. That Yeah, the, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It feels right, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's intriguing. You know, it just hadn't crossed my mind before. Um, so what, what other great things can you tell us? Because you're so full of wonderful knowledge. If it will help at some point, uh, I will get someone to copy these and send them over so you can review the information that Jonathan Wright put out. Uh, he actually put out two newsletters on harnessing the power of light. And he goes back through the history of this as well as anybody I've ever heard. This is from May and June 2008. Um, and he lists all the conditions for which ultraviolet has completely or mostly reversed. Um, and your viewers might find that interesting. You might find it interesting as well. Um, yes, I'd love to have a look at that. I was lucky enough to meet Jonathan when he came to London some years ago, and I heard him talk. And I'm a regular subscriber to to his newsletter because ah, he's top of his game. Yes, he is, isn't he? Yeah. An amazing guy. I met him at an anti-aging conference, and... Uh, it was my first foray out of anesthesia and regular medicine, but we still got continuing education credits for it. And it was uh, really a push to get growth hormone approved for adults. And, um, but I, I, I was sitting at a table with Jonathan as fate would have it and telling him about my sister-in-law having preeclampsia during her pregnancy. And, and him telling me about the high protein diet, which 100% of the time reverses preeclampsia. And I didn't believe that. But when I went back home and we did it for my sister-in-law, it actually turned everything around in three days. Um, and that's why I started subscribing to his newsletter and went to all his uh, Alan Gaby, Jonathan Wright, nutrition conferences every year oh lucky you yeah yeah it was good stuff i had about 50 or 60 people come in with uh quote covid symptoms uh about half of them tested positive the other half did not the ultraviolet 
cleared up all of them, um, just like it has every other flu or flu-like syndrome. Um, so that was uh, nice to know that uh, this thing was not so novel that it had escaped the power of light. <laughs> uh, so I appreciated that. And one of them was even a, a, an overweight uh, elderly diabetic whose oxygen was in the 80s on face mask oxygen. Uh, she just didn't want to get remdesivir. And so she desperately came over to the house. We have a common friend. And the next day, she was 97% on room air. Wow. Wow. It was really amazing. I mean, she was really in trouble. They, they had done the x-rays and the tests. She had bilateral COVID pneumonia, they called it. Um, whatever that might mean. Um, and just on a side note, I was sitting with a friend in January. Um, who had started the alternative pharmacies here in Austin, Texas. And he was in his dying time. And it had been precipitated by a major motor vehicle accident and a head injury from which he never recovered. And as we sat there and were in the presence of this really transcendent moment, with him and his daughter and his ex-wife. Um, about 10 minutes after his dying, someone popped in the room and said, we're putting COVID on the death certificate. I actually got to witness that. Um, and uh, talk about shifting from a transcendent sort of feeling of being with a recently deceased loved one to rage at a bureaucracy that is going to misidentify his ending uh, was quite a moment. Did, did the family say, no, you're not? They, they absolutely said no. They jumped up and got in her face and said, you will not do that. And they have enough money to say no. Uh, I understand that a lot of people don't. And uh, they're, they're quoted what their bill will be if they don't allow that versus what their bill will be if they allow that. Gosh, uh, I didn't know that was how they were doing it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I actually got to witness that. Um, mm -hmm. So looking at what you were showing me of your first machine, anybody mm -hmm. could make that, couldn't they? A person could make that in their garage, uh, their little workplace very easily. You just need to have an ultraviolet A and an ultraviolet C light bulb. It's the same two that sterilize water. It'd be nice to put it in something that has mirrors above and below so that you get that reflection. And then you just purchase this tubing uh, that has the quartz in the middle. So I, I'll, I'll tell you this part too. This was 
here I am just learning about these things. This would have been about 1998 when I opened the office. And here's these little uh, things where you get the quartz piece in the middle here. And they're called cuvettes. Everything's going fine until one day they cannot be ordered without joining an FDA-approved study for hepatitis C. And I was having a lot of people getting over all kinds of things, doing the ultraviolet IVs, and hepatitis C is just one of them, right? It was really good with hepatitis C. But they weren't going to sell them unless I was officially enrolled in this. So I thought, and I had to make a big decision. It was scary uh, for me. It was scary. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just not going to tell the truth. I mean, anybody that would do this is not worth telling the truth to. So I'm going to just say that everybody has hepatitis C. What does it matter to them? And we're just going to continue. So I said, sure, send me the forms. So the forms came to the office. And here's how it started out. They were so scary, Clive, I threw them away. I wish I'd saved some so people could literally see this. It said, I blank, the person who put in their name, agreed to let Dr. Charles Richard Massey Jr. treat me as a laboratory animal in research project number so-and-so and so-and-so. I, I got nauseous when I saw that. And I just threw them in the garbage. I thought, I can't even ask somebody to read that. Um, and as it turned out, one of the ladies who was getting a benefit from the ultraviolet, her name was Erie Schiller. Erie would come by and get IVs. She was an immigrant from Germany. And she was moving to Canada. So she said, I'll, when I get home in Canada, when I get to where I'm going, I'll find out if I can buy them there and I'll mail them to you. And that's how I had cuvettes. And after about a year, there was enough revolt that people could get cuvettes even if they didn't have hepatitis C. But in the interim, God bless Erie Schiller, who made sure that I had plenty of cuvettes. And uh, so there's a lot of love in the universe and a lot of <laughs> misunderstanding too. Um, How do you spell cubets? Uh, C-U-V-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. Right. And the bigger machine has what's called a trivet. And this actually has three quartz segments in it because there's six light bulbs two on each side of each quartz segment. How important are the extra ones? So each of the, each of those extra wavelengths do special things. When I got this device though, I, I've really only used it now for acute infections because I don't really have a clinic but it's very popular to get all these other wavelengths. Um, 
So people who have big clinics and are doing rejuvenation medicine are finding that the other wavelengths, people feel more young and vibrant. Um, so they must be doing something good. If you were going to build your own, would would they be easy to find and replicate? Are they LEDs or? Yeah, they are. They are. And I don't know. I've never really looked around to see if uh, if people can, you know, purchase that particular uh, wavelength of red, amber, green, and blue. Do they um, say what the wavelengths are or would you have to measure the wavelength? It does. It does. Uh, the UVs are just UVA and UVC. Um the red is a 623. So, so standard, typical laser, red laser. Yes, uh-huh. And which gets the mitochondria to produce more ATP. It also stimulates uh, superoxide dismutase and catalase, uh, which are two big free radical scavengers. And as people discovered who did this, which may be another reason why it's not that popular because when people look into it, they realize it's not what they think. Basically what it's doing is it's going in and balancing out our body's military overreaction to an organism. Once humans become vaccinated and exposed to the poisons that we're exposed to, we have military overreactions quite frequently to the presence of organisms. Superoxide and dismutase will calm that down. It's like somebody going on the battlefield and saying, hey, calm down everybody for a minute. Let's just think this over. And, and then all the, all the cells stop dying and, uh, and then we can come up with something more rational you know, than you know, shooting lead in the air. Um, the uh, amber wavelength supports the release of nitrous oxide. So a lot, or nitric oxide. No, yeah, sorry. That was my old anesthesia days. Mm -hmm. Nitric oxide, which is, you know, helps with all kinds of things. Uh, a lot of people take nitric oxide supplements. Uh, the green light helps with the membrane integrity of red blood cells and white blood cells. And the blue light is anti-inflammatory and improves blood flow um, delivery. So those are some of the things that those extra wavelengths do. Well, super interesting. So uh, as somebody likes to put things together, I wouldn't mind building one of those. Yes. Yeah. Just get those two ultraviolet ones is what I would suggest. What, what uh, wattage are the, the ultraviolets? So, you know, these little simple ones, I don't think they're much of a, a wattage, but inside that big hemolumen, they're 60 watts. You have to have a fan inside that big thing. Um, I'm just looking on here to see if it says you know what's what's on here and i don't see anything but i'm sure it's going to be just a small amount yeah um, 
but the idea is, is it doesn't take much. It's, it's amazing how little it takes. Um, and I mix mine with hydrogen peroxide. So the other thing I would tell people is a lot of folks are reporting that just with hydrogen peroxide or ozone, they also reverse the quote COVID and, uh, it actually helps in AIDS and hepatitis cases and anything that's viral, shingles, herpes, whatever, polio, which is interesting. My cousin was paralyzed uh, in his left arm in the 50s from polio. And of course, everyone is told, oh, we wish you'd have gotten the vaccine in time, right? <laughs> And, and here we had this known, published in peer-reviewed journals, complete cure of polio uh, in the 1940s. And just like today, it was like, oh my gosh, we have a pandemic of something happening and we have no known cure or treatment for it. We better hustle up and everybody pitch in and let's make a vaccine. And uh, it's, it's, I've lived long enough to see history stutter a bit there, Claude. And of course, they were using intravenous vitamin C to reverse polio as well. Yes. Yes. Dr. Klinner's work was amazing. Uh, with polio. With, with the unexplained deaths that are happening it's interesting the wording that they use they i don't know if you've seen this they often say doctors are baffled so what's the <laughs> definition of the word baffle well a, a silencer is a, is to baffle something so there's something <laughs> yes very nice pickup there. I'm going to have to look up the etymology of baffle now after we get done uh, yeah. and see. And it's also a description of the effect of alcohol on an alcoholic's brain. If you've ever been to a 12-step meeting, here's the sentence. Alcohol is cunning, baffling, and powerful. <laughs> right. Interesting. Yes. Well, look, it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you again. Just you're a, a mine of information. So thank you so much, Richard. Do you want people to get in touch with you or not? Yes, people can get in touch with me if they want. Um, I'm mostly retired, but if somebody has something pressing. And, and before we leave, do you have people that do ultraviolet where you live? I've never heard of anybody doing it nobody ever has come into my radar okay i would think there has to be somebody and and you can google it uh, using the initials uvbi um that's one way to to look for it and uh Photoluminescence is another big word that some people use for it. Right. And invisiblecure.com, I think, is Tom Lau's book on it. 
and uh, also a list of providers. If you send in your postal code, they'll send you the name of someone close to you that's taken the training. Um, I would uh, find somebody. It's just nice to know, right? Yeah, no, I'm going to look for it right away. Yes, yeah. And if they want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yes, if they want to get in touch with me, uh, my email is docmassey at gmail.com. Um, my phone number, I could actually write it down and hold it up for people to see, is uh, 830-992-1143. So I, I check text and voicemails more often than emails. But I don't know. Maybe maybe people can see some of that. That's eight three zero nine nine two eleven forty three. And hopefully you can find somebody in your area. the The main thing I do um, when I'm working online with people from a distance, and I'll just show you this. I think you and I had talked about this one before, but. Jobert Renault was a French-Canadian student of Dr. Hammer, who did all the Germanic New Medicine yeah. documentation. And I sit with people and do recall healing sessions, which is where I draw their biology timelines and their family tree as much as they know. And if they purchase an M-Wave 2 from the Institute of Heart Math, I can listen to that little device as we're speaking. So even if I was talking with someone in England, I can hear this, this little device as it changes tone. And I can tell if we're staying on that person's heart path or not. Um, so that seems really important for me because uh, I have a lot of information in my mind and not all of it fits everybody. So I like to listen to what their heart is interested in discovering. Um, so the, the first time I saw this, I saw this work was when a 13 year old girl came in with her mother and she had asthma and it was getting worse. And they were saying, this is autoimmune. We're going to put her on steroids. And uh, the girl didn't want that. The mother didn't want that. So, but I knew the mother from a therapy circle. And of course she didn't see me as like a full fledged doctor. I mean, I'm supposed to be godlike, Clive, you know, because of my degree and uh, this mother had heard some of my personal, you know, uh, stuff. And I thought, I'm not going to have that same authority if I say, well, you need to do this. Uh, so for the very first time, I, I took this little M wave and I, I put it on the girl's earlobe, which is all a person has to do to do their own journaling, their own dream analysis you know, whatever they want to use it for, a person can find out if, if they're on their heart path in that moment. 
So we put on the little device and I opened the recall healing book to asthma. And I just asked her to read it. So she's reading it and all of a sudden it starts beeping. The monitor starts beeping that she's getting into higher coherence. And I said, what did you just read? And without any emotion, she just looks in the book and she said, investigate the history of cheating in your family. As soon as she read that, her mother burst into tears and ran out of the room. Wow. And it turns out the asthma had started when the girl was seven years old. And that's when the mother started having an extramarital affair, which she felt was secret. But in the subconscious realm, there are no secrets. And the little girl's airways were carrying that story. So we did a brief family constellation with myself and the massage therapist in the office standing in as her parents. She returned the story to her parents and her asthma disappeared. Wow. Fabulous. So that's basically what I do with people when we're working long distance. I listen for their heart monitor and we look at what condition they have. What does that condition tell? What story is it holding for the family Bible, if you will, so that that story is not forgotten? Because there's family love, crazy as it may sound, there's family love underneath every illness, accident, everything that we might call misfortune. Underneath it, there's family love. And it's important to reclaim all that love. Like in a Pac-Man game where it just goes and eats the power pellets. The, you know, the more power pellets you eat, the better off you are. There's love nuggets in the asthma. There's, you know, love nuggets in the cancer tumor. And we just want to get those. Um, wow. Well, that's, that's blowing me away. And if people were going to purchase a book, that Recall Healing one's a, a little bit tougher to read, but I would get an M-Wave in this book here. This is Jacques Martel's book, and he was also a French-Canadian student of Dr. Hammer, the German guy who documented all of this with brain scans on over 40,000 people before, during, and after their illness resolved. And he proved with brain scans that our own subconscious produces every illness and symptom in the body. And it's because something emotional was too difficult to bear. So the brain changed that energy into matter, into something physical. So Jacques Martel's book has all of this from, you know, burping to brain cancer. You can look up whatever it is, put your M-wave on, and when you read the sentence that applies, the heart monitor will go into high coherence, and it'll show that. 
and then the person knows, oh, that's what the conflict was about. And it'll either be their personal conflict or an inherited family conflict. Well, that's fascinating. I'm going to go out and buy that book. And you, know, you talked about the M-Wave before, and I just completely forgot about it. I meant to buy one. How much are the M-Waves, roughly? So they're they're two twenty nine when they're not on sale around Christmas and Valentine's Day they usually go on sale they take twenty percent off. Oh, well, that's pretty good. And I remember fifteen years ago, more probably, using their heart brain coherence test that you could get online. To... Yes, that was great. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, they have three different ones. So this M-Wave 2 is the portable one. Uh, there is one that hooks up to the cell phone. It has a one or two second delay before it gives you the coherence information. So if you're good with that, uh, then you can get that. And there's one that there's a professional model that hooks into your computer where you can give presentations. Uh, on the heart math it has some really nice graphics and it also has some video games where if you're in high coherence your performance is better in the video game if you're <laughs> you know and it's to train high coherence is is the idea um but i used it uh in alcoholism recovery this was really important for me doing the byron katie worksheets um, so the work.com, because uh, I was just filled with limiting fear-based beliefs. And so when I would do her worksheet, this little thing would go into high coherence as soon as I found the inverse of that belief that was important for me to see. So with any belief, there's six opposites at least an opposite subject, an opposite object, and an opposite verb. And so a person looks to see which of those opposites is actually the one that their heart wants them to insert into this programming. And it's pretty amazing, the effect. Uh, of, it turns out that every limiting belief, if it's turned to its important opposite, it's a liberating experience. So limiting beliefs have great potential for benefit. 